0: Sons, I'm
1: G'day everyone, my name's Robbie Turner. Welcome to another episode of Axon's Unleashed. I've got my main man, my right hand man, Lukey Millwood, next to me, as promised. Yeah. How are you, mate? It's
0: great to be back, RT. It's real good to be here,
1: This mate. is going to be a cracking podcast. We've got an amazing guest with us today. So, uh, we're still going to talk a lot about basic training. And of course, as you know, ladies and gents, we're interviewing the other veterans in Axon. And it's not a bloke. It's a lovely lady. So, you you know, all the female listeners out there are going to get a real understanding of what it's like to go through the military without getting your head shaved. Although I fucking hope you tell me you did. We'll get there. G.I. <laughs> Jane style. <laughs> How good was that movie, by the way? She wouldn't bloody put herself through no- Navy SEALs training. Inspiring. It's Hollywood, mate. It's alright. It's like, just the magic. <laughs> the magic happened. Um, Amana Lewis, welcome to Axons Unleashed. How Yay. are you feeling?
2: Thank you so much. I'm honoured.
1: That's good. That's good. You're going to love this session, ladies and gents. We've got uh, someone who speaks very, very well. Um, You've got a great story to tell. You've got a lot of history. And of course, you're sitting here now with an Axon shirt on. So I can't wait for you to share that with everyone. Like, how the fuck did that happen? So I can't wait for you to tell all the stories about how you met Axon and what it was like when you first thought and... Uh, you, know, you and Ryan sending me photos of like Friday evening after you've had your first child and bloody Robbie's sitting there on your bloody 75-inch screen and they're drinking red wine listening to me draw off, like all that stuff was pretty cool.
0: I think I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, we bring a perspective to, you know, to the, the experience of going through and joining the military and what that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, but it's very it's very one-dimensional from us in terms of it's a bloke's perspective, right, and we're able to provide that perspective on through experience. This is the first time that we're going to get, our you know, our audience are going to get what it's like going through that, you know, from a female point of view, what are those challenges? What are those, you know, what are those things that motivated you that may not be the same or maybe slightly different to, you know, to the, this old Buffett or that old Buffett? Mm.
1: And, of course, now we're not talking Army stuff. We're talking Air Force stuff as well. So, yeah. for those that are listening, like, wasn't there a Ryan Lewis on last last podcast? And I'm like, yes, correct. So, when you were – then he was talking about – um I want to hear your version of the CrossFit gym, by the way, just to set the <laughs> record straight.
2: Thank you. I know you've
1: listened to that podcast the other day, and you're like, fucking Ryan painted me in a certain way. Like, you see, now there, now's your chance for redemption or, Fireback. you know.
3: <laughs> <yes>.
1: <laughs> so I'm looking forward to getting to the truth of truth that matter. So, yeah, you guys are, have been um, a wonderful couple, a vibrant couple. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad that we've all got the opportunity of helping each other right now. So, yeah, Thank let's you. let's go back to the start. So mm-hmm. who are you? Where would you grow up? Tell us your story.
2: So I grew up. I was born in Tasmania, Devonport, Tasmania.
1: Beautiful I, place.
2: It is beautiful. I started my schooling um, venture in Queensland. So we'd moved to Queensland. Um, we then moved to Tasman- back to Tasmania. Did a bit of high school there, and then I finished my high school years in Queensland.
1: Yeah right. Okay, that's a bit it's of a, a bit of Queensland. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Do you still have the scar, or has that gone away from the
1: second hand? <laughs> uh, look,
2: it's still there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what what was school like for you?
2: So, I've been a naturally gifted person my whole life, and I definitely took that for granted as a kid, and got a bit bored towards the end of high school. So, in primary school, I was accepted into a accelerated learning program. So, in primary school, I was doing a bit of high school work and I really enjoyed that. But then fast forward to about 15, 16 years of age, I just got really bored with school, stopped doing my homework, started challenging like, well, what's going to happen if I don't do this assignment? Yeah. What's mm. going to happen? Nothing happened although my OP score came back and it was horrendous. Yeah, that, that happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, There's that, always that an outcome. There's always, yeah, there <laughs> are mm-hmm. always, you know, things that there are always results to your actions or outcomes of your actions. And so you started feeling that pressure as a result of, you know, making that decision of, yes. oh, fuck, I'll just pay that off. I'll just pay that off. Tell, tell us about that. How did you bring it back? Because you're bloody successful. <laughs> it's not like that lasted for the rest of your life, Correct. by the way.
2: <laughs> so I got to about... 18 so i graduated grade 12 i think i was 16 so i was was too i was young yeah young is your Um, birthday late in the year 27th of december that doesn't get too much (laughs) later than that so yeah
1: mine's 30 30 november so i was 16 going through my year 12 as well yeah so yeah you and i share a similar experience
2: and of course i thought i knew everything and you know whatever Fast forward to, I'm about 18, picture this, and all my school buddies are either going to university because they've got decent OP scores and they could do that. And I'm just working. I did retail work, a bit of admin work, just a bit of this, bit of that. And I got to a point where I realised this is not what I want to do. Yep. I want something more challenging. I want to really grow as a person intellectually, physically, yep. emotionally, just in every different aspect what are my prospects? Yep. You know? Yeah. So I started looking at the police force or Army, Navy, Air Force. And as a kid, I remember going to, do you remember a River Fire? I don't know if they still do it. And the F-111s uh, used to Funny, of course they do. Mm, yeah. They Qu- still Qu- do, Qu- do Qu- Qu- yeah,
1: Well, there's no more F-111s, of course, but yeah. Yes.
2: And I remember them dumping their fuel and thinking, whoa, that's really cool. That's cool. cool. Yeah. That's real cool. <laughs> what What year are we talking <laughs> about just for, for context? I'm thinking 1999. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, awesome.
1: That's when I went down to Kapuka as a recruiting (laughs) instructor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking I I want something a bit more from my life. And I just felt like I had limited options. That was the story I was telling myself. So I just looked online, uh, DFR looked at what you know who was recruiting army was recruiting navy was recruiting air force was recruiting and just thinking of the jets yeah i just put my hand up for the air force
1: what does your family think when you're like hey by the way i'm not a retail sort of girl i don't want to do this for the rest of my life i'm going to go and join the defense force what was their reaction
0: they're like yeah go Oh. <laughs> oh, right, really? That, so they were really supportive of you making that huge leap because it, often it will go one or two ways with families, mm-hmm. right? They'll look at it like, what the fuck are you doing mm. going to the military? Or they'll look at it, f- you know, for the opportunity that it provides, the education, the challenge, you know, the, the I guess, human human development that you can get out of it. So they were really supportive.
2: Absolutely. And to be perfectly honest, it didn't matter whether they were supportive okay. or not. yeah. I don't know if you know that about me, but if I've set my sights on something, I'm doing it.
0: Sorry, Mum, if you're listening.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure she will. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so did you apply for all three or Air Force just, the F-111 just sold it for you?
2: I only applied for the Air Force. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. yeah, I love it. So yeah. And initially I applied when I was 18 and then I got cold feet and kind of got in my own head and thought, oh, mm. maybe, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I'm not, you know, smart enough, fit enough, or whatever. And put that on hold till I was around 20, I want to say. I
1: was going to say, it's a sliding doors moment then. Imagine if it was a big tank that rumbled past and you're like, <laughs> I want to join the army. And then Robbie's, you're a recruit instructor. <laughs> <at> 1999. It's <laughs> a sliding doors moment, right? <laughs> You know, tank F one eleven, similarish. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so the initial, the initial engagement with defence, you were like, righto, this is what I want to do. That mm-hmm. you sort of identified that pit in but that fire in your belly. Sorry, that that you know, you wanted something bigger, wanted something better, wanted something greater for yourself. Mm-hmm. But then, kind of had a bit of a pause. What was it that changed your mind back? Because often people if they take that pause at the you know at the initial outset, they won't they won't re-engage, or if they do it's not for a long time. So what mm. that, was there was there any kind was there another F111 jet that mm. sort of dumped its fuel and you were like fuck them in or like what was that point, mate?
2: Do you know what? Nothing changed. And t- time went forward, nothing changed, and I said to myself, well nothing's going to change. If nothing changes, yeah, I love, love that, that saying. Yeah. And that's so awesome. at 20, turning 21, I re engaged in the process and I did the aptitude testing that you're probably familiar with. Yeah, I sat that about four times. After <laughs> <the night.
1: laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> Go on. It's like, I suppose <laughs> if you totally disengage with school at 15, it was a little bit yeah. harder. I suppose, yeah, that's good.
2: And that was a confidence boost in itself awesome. because there were a lot of jobs yep. that i could do mm. and really it just my decision was based on what they were re- recruiting at the time in yep. the air force and i had no idea what an air surveillance operator did Yep, but they were recruiting it sounded cool and i just said yep sign me up yeah.
1: <laughs> it's very different in the army hey like we yeah. spoke about before like young girls and girls we used to go down to kapuka and then at the end of your training or at the end of your done true and depending on how you perform that's when you put your preferences in for core but Air Force do mm-hmm. it different. You get recruiters for a specific role, and then you crack on from there. So yeah, it's yeah. just a yeah. like. There's definitely pros, pros and cons in both.
0: Yeah, army's a bit like Hogwarts with a sorting hat. You go through, and they just go, "You're going over here, and you're going over here." So yeah. what'd you say that the other week?
1: Like if you're going to catering, you're like, "That's that's what your performance yeah. was like." Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you cook and shit for the rest of your life.
1: And <laughs> oh, by the way, we need amazing catering officers and senior NCOs out there because mm-hmm. an army marches on a stomach. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tell us about the preparation. Like, so you've jumped in, you've, you've kind of said, right, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. So I need to make changes and engage in this. So tell us about the preparation in the lead up to, you know, sort of day one. What, what, I mean, it's a little while ago, of course. Mm. Do you remember the butterflies in your belly or were you were you kind of like, you know, genuinely super confident about going in and like, I fucking got this? What, what was that kind of approach that you took?
2: So fitness-wise, I felt very confident yep. because I was doing a lot of – um, running, but a CrossFit? No, no. Back then, I was not doing any strength and conditioning training at all. You okay. so made up for time now. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I identified in the pack that they'd provided at DFR with the basic fitness test requirements was that I could run that two point four kilometers in the given time, yep. but was my upper body strength up to scratch? was you know my core strength up to scratch and i looked at the figures and i can't remember off the top of my head you know what they are and i thought okay that's the minimum expectation Mm -hmm. i'm going to make sure before i get there i can do at least double yeah awesome so that under fatigue under fatigue i know that i can do the bare minimum yeah Yeah.
1: that's 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 creating a buffer yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: being bulletproof from a pt perspective mate (laughs)
1: where was your basic training down in Wagga. Wagga. Is it? Yeah, good yes. old Wagga, right? Eh? So that's a similarity that the Air Force and the Army do share. Yeah, you're going to sure. go and ex- you're going to go and um, hang out in Wagga for a how many weeks or months with your basic training? Then
2: that was ten weeks okay. back in 2011. Now right. indi- individual experiences
0: may vary. Did you get the hot experience or the fucking freezing cold experience? That
2: one. It was cold. Yeah. So I enlisted on the 24th of May, 2011. Yep, and course started. Oh. Like a week later, or something like that, or the day, no, sorry, the day later. Yeah, yeah. Must
1: have been the same cold snap that went across Canberra. It was the coldest night ever. No, that was the coldest winter. That was two thousand. I know I know it was earlier, <laughs> but it, you know, I'm pulling the piss. Did you hear Luke's like fucking freezing in like Canberra cold. like we had the coldest winter coldest ever. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah
3: Everyone me. says
0: Outfield
1: yeah, yeah. ours was the coldest. Ours was the hardest. <laughs> we walked coldest. the furthest. We had the coldest food. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> no one says we have
1: the coldest beer. Yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs>
0: So tell me about some, um, so you, you know, you went in as a, you know, it's kind of youngish, you know, in the grand scheme of things, young by by, by Ryan's perspective anyway when yeah. you were joining. Tell us about your experience going in. Was it was it a whole lot of new information that was kind of overwhelming or was it just kind of like, was it well-paced, well-designed, you
2: know, that kind of stuff and then coupled with some real physical challenges? So when I was in the moment, I remember feeling like I was just getting fed from a fire hose. Yeah. In hindsight, I can see the structure and yep. the layer, and it was well-planned. But when I was in it as a 21-year-old, not on, like, even simple things like the barracks instructions. Yep. I had no How to idea. march,
1: how to make your bed.
2: I had no idea what they were talking a
1: about. Adhere to timings, exactly. work as a team.
2: Quick change. What? What is what going on? <laughs> what are you talking about? Just, you are so fully submersed yep. into a different world, but there's no other way to do it. Yeah. Because unlike
1: you, who you you had a pathway to to join Defence from a very young age. Yeah. So, like, your NLP is going to take in some of those things. I had Mm -hmm. NFI, no idea that I was going to join the military whatsoever until mum and dad, mum and my grandmother put me in a car to go down there. So I was not watching Army movies to see how they march, how they make... Like, Mm -hmm. none of that stuff clicked to me. So it was... Very for every th- single thing they were doing to me was foreign as well. I get mm. a sense you saying the same thing. Yes, like no matter how rudimentary the task, because it was the military way of doing it, that wasn't clicking with you. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, is that what I mean? And yeah. by,
2: by the end of the ten weeks, absolutely, oh, of everything's second nature. Yeah, but just in initially, things were a real shock.
1: Were they yeah. yelling and screaming? Like it was a bit of shock and capture. Like tell us about that. Genuinely, like what's yeah. that? What's Air Force basic training like as a as a um, not Soldier, sailor, airman, yeah. airwoman
2: Aviators now hey, aviators. Right,
1: a fucking naval aviator <laughs> 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 Right, aviators, is that what Yes, so you go in as an aviator
2: Yes, they've just recently changed that Okay, type. but when
1: you were there it was Airman, air, airman, airman airwoman air, Okay, yeah. no worries yeah. Was it um, males and females in the class? How many in the class? What were the instructors mm-hmm. like? Just like take us into the soul of what it was like To leave civilian Amana behind and go I'm now bloody joining the Air Force. I'm really interested.
2: Okay. So the whole intake came from all over Australia. And I joined from Victoria. I was was living in Victoria at the time. So I got on a small plane and flew to the Wagga Airport. Mm -hmm. And I could tell by the nervous looks on a few (laughs) other faces that we were all going. Who's going.
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) We were all going to Wagga for the same reason. And... Oh, from memory, maybe around six or seven of us. And we all looked really nervous, scared, all that kind of thing. So we landed in Wagga at night time. I remember getting off the plane, grabbing our luggage and just we we're all nervously waiting. And then an MSI, a couple of MSIs, our military skills instructor. Mm-hmm. Yep. They walked into the terminal at Wagga Airport and called out our names and I just remember my heart was racing. Yeah,
1: I still remember that feeling they too. They didn't oh, yell. I'm this. They
2: didn't yell. No, no,
1: no, because you're in a civilian airport. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. last
0: time they were polite though.
1: Yeah, yes, pretty much.
2: <laughs> pretty much. Keep going. Uh, so they didn't yell but they were just very assertive yep. and that was scary in itself and intimidating. Yep. And so we all get our luggage and we get on this bus and they didn't talk to us. So we're doing the drive, and the airport is like a three-minute drive. Like you're yep. literally just yep. going around to the base.
1: Raff, Raff Wagga is Wagga Airport. Yeah, exactly. It's not fucking very yes, big. exactly it's the right. runway and everything. Yeah. So they
2: drive us to the barracks, and there's a few – it's concurrently happening. So, you know, other buses are coming in, and so all the recruits are coming in that night. And they were still quite pleasant, and they said, go and get changed, because we all just had civvy clothes, normal clothes on. Uh, go and get changed into something a bit more comfortable. And so <laughs> I shared this story on our Facebook page. I'm so nervous and I just was like, Where am I? What's going on? What am I doing? Yes, Have I made the right exactly. decision? Exactly. We walk into the barracks and I find my name and it says, This is your room. So I go down to that room and um, just the light, all the lights are on and I just find a bed and I open up my suitcase and I, I change my pants. And then I. Put some I, PJs on. I don't even remember. Maybe okay. put some track pants on or something. Yeah. It was cold, and then I hear a Messiah yell for everyone to come down to the common room, and I'm like, "Oh, okay." And we all go down, and he says, "Now, I just want everyone to know that if you get changed, you close the blinds."
0: Oh, <laughs> first lesson. Yes, I just
2: saw someone's ass. He's
0: the first lesson in the military that you will learn. Don't get your ass out the window. Is that
2: yeah. <laughs> so you know what I do? I just pretend it's not me. I'm looking around no, shocked, no. like, oh, who would do that? No, no, no.
1: He wouldn't have seen it was you. No.
2: Hopefully. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's classic.
0: Was there a moment and, and we'll, you know, we'll continue through this, but was there a moment where it really hit you like, I have joined the military? Like, you know, it's it, you know, there's a lead up to it and there's that mm. point of realization where was it when you first saw your name on something? Was it when you first when your first instructor saw your bum crack, what, like what was that? What was that? What was that moment for you where you realized, shit, this is real?
2: It was when they marched us down to the clothing store, and we all that got it up. I think it was the day after. It's all the right. timings a bit blurry, but it was sure. definitely in the, in the initial like day or two. We went to the clothing store, and we got sized up for our boots, sized up for our yep. cams, put them on. And then when we had to stitch, I don't know if you guys do it in the Army, you stitch on a red label because you don't get issued your embroidered name tags for your cams until you've finished recruit training. Same. So you write them on a mark, you know, with a marker pen and you stitch it on yourself and it has to be stitched perfectly.
0: (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Everything
1: needs to be done perfectly. Yes. I um, want to know, were they yelling at you by now? Oh, yeah, Like yeah, the, that yeah. Fir, that yeah. first morning, it wouldn't be like, oh, hi, team. Come get and meet up. me in the front. Get the
2: fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I
1: used to have bloody tin lids in a baseball bat and fucking walking <laughs> down going,
2: get up. <laughs> <laughs> trying, they won't do me that in the rap. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly when they start when the yelling started, but it was, I'm going to say, if not the first night, the morning after. Yeah, and Definitely. it's a switch.
0: It's pretty intimidating, mm. isn't it? When that, when that, you know, the shackles come off the instructors, and they're like, Rotto, it's it's ca- it's you know, ca- or in capture time, and we're, yes. we're going to start really instilling these, you know, these disciplines in you. these timings, mm-hmm. you know, you will be here, or there are consequences, as we discussed with you know, with my experience. It's a it's a night and day switch, isn't it? Where you're just like, holy fuck.
2: Yes, and our yeah. instructors used to do this thing where one would yell one instruction, another would would be yelling a different instruction. Oh, Someone else would be yelling, Jesus. what are you doing? You know, and it's like Chaos. all these panicked, I don't know, cats like just hurting all these <laughs> scared young people. Now in your recruit class,
0: how many, how many male, was it a male, male and female class? And what was the ratio, you know, in that training? Mm, institution? That's
1: a good question.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So yes, it was, it was blended. Yep. And we had as a collective, oh, off the top of my head, maybe around 40 and then they were split into two separate flights. Okay. So we were one intake yep. and then we were split into two separate flights.
0: Yep. And what was the and, what yeah. was the ratio of male to female for your group? Was it like the average across the board about eleven, twelve percent, or was it a bit higher or a bit lower?
2: No, ours was probably around eleven, twelve percent. Okay. There were definitely more males than yeah. females. So yeah. five
1: or six females out of 40 yeah yeah, yeah. Right. okay yeah. not many still yeah yeah that's yeah. not many that's yeah. not. Many. i
0: mean when you know when you go through a cohort cohort like i did you know and you your class is sort of 200 mm. that that you know i think we had about we're actually a little bit higher than average i think we mm. had about 20 25 percent but that that's mm. that's quite a large you know collective of females that are able to be you know that spread across the across the, the force mm. so to speak um but four or five like that's a pretty small you know, network to be able to bounce off, to be able to, you know, sort of reinforce, to be able to encourage and that sort of stuff. Was that, did you find that challenging or did you find that that gender kind of came out of it a little bit or were they, did did you find those clicks?
2: Oh, sorry. It's that we had about five females per flight. Got it. So right. I okay. think so it's a little bit roughly more. there was 10 to maybe 12. Okay. okay, okay. okay. Good. In total. Yep. Um, but to answer your question, gender didn't really play apart at yep. basic training awesome good that's great it's to not hear. supposed to yep. no exactly everyone was just doing what everyone was told to Surviving. do exactly right and if anything i set myself a challenge to make sure i was stronger mm-hmm. faster, faster. Yeah. And fitter. i love that mate. that's <laughs> fucking awesome
1: did the boys go and get their head shaved yes right and what was their reaction to you guys when they walked back in
0: Kind
2: of. What like did you
1: say? Looking like a,
0: a little patch of Brussels sprouts.
2: Yeah. yeah, you could see a little bit of their, um, I don't know, confidence yeah. or whatever had been taken with with that hair that had fallen and That, that the would ground. have been in the first
1: forty-eight hours or so, probably. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. There, yeah, there you go. So how long you was your
0: so how long was your course for? Like the I ten, think we covered that ten, ten weeks. weeks. Yeah, okay. So through that whole time, you know where you're going, right? In terms of you know which category you're going to be assigned to. Yes, but you don't know location, so it could still be anywhere in Australia or uh, or are the are you kind of? It's pretty clear from from day one.
2: It's clear from day one. Okay, okay. so I knew initial. Excuse me, I knew that basic training, so basic air force training, would be ten weeks in Wagga. Yep, and then I knew because my mustering so. The job mm. that I'd chosen was air surveillance operator. I would then go straight onto initial employment training in Williamtown. Okay. Right. And how long was that? That was 10 weeks. Again. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that was fast again.
1: Let's finish on the basic training stuff. What Was there something that you did find? What was the most challenging bit? Like the shock and awe's over you. Like, mm-hmm. okay, now I'm bloody transitioning. Um they're taking out a piece of my soul which is this feeling and then replacing it with the military one that you now need to be part of that o- organisation. What was the most challenging bit?
2: So I've spoken about I wanted to be as fit and fast and strong as possible and what I noticed was I was getting frustrated with other people that weren't as fit and fast and strong. Mm-hmm. And mm. what I really needed to do was be more of a team player. Okay. And was there collective so
1: punishment in play then? 100%. Yeah, good.
2: And – what I realised in myself was I needed to help other people be fitter, faster, and stronger, yep. rather than just worrying about myself. And with that, I had a better experience because I felt more immersed in the team.
1: You're yeah. a very caring, nurturing sort of person, anyway. Thank so you. I did that. Yeah, I'm glad you had that re- realization. It's like I got this covered. Mm-hmm. but I'm now being punished because other people that are not fit as fast and strong as me now need to be sort of brought up. So you're coaching, mentoring, like helping them out with you know, with, with their stuff, which is good. What about the uh, – was there an aha moment where you woke up or just had a realisation going, I'm in the Air Force now? Like, you know, was it weapon handling skills or like – did you know how to do something that was really military orientated that you had no background in whatsoever and you just went, yep, yeah, I'm in the right place?
2: Yeah, do you know what? We went out field as – Cold as it was, <laughs> there was a mouse plague as well in Wagga. All right. So excellent. when we were sleeping, like in our boots, we've got our rifles next to us, and we're now we slept under cheese, Believe it or not. Oh, he snapped. Never touched so it. Again. I was going to say. <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs>
3: I was just you to
0: and, it. One and done. Yeah. One
3: yeah. and
2: done. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being in my uh, sleeping bag, like Cam's boots, everything on, and I was just holding my sleeping bag. ...over my face because I could feel the mice running over me. Wow. Which, oh. oh, yuck. <laughs> but do you know what? I thrived and I loved being outfield. I loved leopard crawling through the sand. I just loved it. So that that,
0: make, that makes one of us, buddy, out of this room, I, know, I think. I know, weird. <laughs> yeah, I loved I,
3: the I challenge. I wouldn't
1: have did what I did if I didn't strangely like, like it a little bit <laughs> now. I, I fucking hate it now, but I liked it at the time. And that, yeah.
2: that was probably an aha moment of like... Here I am. Yeah, you that's know, great.
1: this is the sort of stuff I saw on the on the TV. Yes, and now I'm doing it and myself. And I'm
2: doing it myself, and I can do it.
1: Yeah. Did you do much shooting down there? And do you like shooting?
2: I like it. Am I good at it? No. Right. I wish I was good at it. Yeah. But so I went to the live range, and loved it. Absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Um, specialist training at Willytown. Great place to get posted. Did you do your whole career there then? I was going to say, I I know a fair bit about you. I'm like, I can't remember you telling me about another intermediate posting.
2: Because I haven't. Yeah, boom. I didn't. One and done again. One and done. Accidentally, I did my whole career. So 11 and a half years at Williamtown.
1: So that's where they do the ASO training. Yes. And then where, where could have you gone?
2: So I could have gone to Williamtown, which I went to.
1: I know
2: that Darwin. Just <laughs> <laughs> wait, I'm listing them all. Darwin, right, or Adelaide? Okay. okay. Yeah. So,
0: what was it? Was there? Was that a, a personal preference to want to stay in Willingtown? And look, out of those options, I know where I'd be bloody choosing as well. Uh, was that more? I didn't of a know per- you'd
1: like Darwin so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was that a personal? Was that a personal <laughs> preference for you to go into, um, you know, to stay in Williamtown, or was that just how it so transpired? You know, based on your, your, you know, your mustering and you know your engagement with your your manner and that sort of stuff.
2: So, the blokes that I was on basic course with, a couple of them were had their hearts set on either Darwin, uh, Adelaide, or Williamtown for a couple of like personal reasons. I was single. I was young. I was happy to just kind of like go with the flow yep. and the guy that I got along the best with and we're still good mates today, he wanted to go to Willytown. So I was like, well, if Rhino's going to Willytown, I'm going to Willytown. <laughs> yeah, good. And that's how it transpired. One yeah, thing I
1: missed yeah. here was um, how many out of the 40 basic training went to ASO though? So that would have whittled down a lot.
2: There were six of us. S-
1: yeah, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, okay. yeah, everyone I- else went to
0: was it 100% just jumping back into your basic training? What was, the, what was the attrition rate when you went through? So, you know, how many people dropped out? Were there kind of people, you know, halfway through, the like, fuck, this is not for me. Not everybody gets to have that mm. aha moment where I'm like, I'm in the job I want to be in. What were, what were the amount of people? That There's
1: stopped? only once in a hoochie, mate. It can't be that many.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Due to injury or people yep. realising, you know what, this isn't for me. Because DFR can prepare you as much as possible but until you know you don't know yeah of course mate. so maybe 10% it wasn't okay. a high rate a few people did get back so most sport. most got through yeah they did that's good that's yeah good. yeah
0: that's encouraging
1: that means yeah. the training's at the right tempo it's aimed at the right level i mean it's all military training experiences except for selection (laughs) is supposed to get people through like that's the idea you don't want people dropping off all the time because then it's a wasted resource waste of time money effort etc so
0: that's a pretty good that's a pretty good graduation rate to be honest like a 90% grad that's Mm. fantastic
1: so you're like um initial employment training um dudes rhino and four or five others like you would have no doubt kept pretty tight with them yeah like um, you were the what, what were you the i don't know three of 2011 bloody aso course or something
2: do you know what we may be? I think we were number three. All right, that was a guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have
3: kept pretty tight.
1: Tell us, yeah. just so for those um, Navy and Army people out there to have NFI, what an ASO does, that's two TLAs in a very short succession, what does an ASO do?
2: An ASOP, so an Air Surveillance Operator. Right. Tracks, detects and classifies airborne, uh, sea, land or space assets depending on where you're posted to and the mission objectives. Right. Oh.
1: So friendlies and adversaries like tracks anything really? Mm-hmm. So what's the, one the one? smallest bit that it tracks? Not the mouse. <laughs> 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 like yeah, what's the, what's the smallest asset that it can, it can track or is that depending on the radar depending on the range, depending on the magnification level? Exactly.
2: Yeah, it okay. d- depends on uh, the system. Yeah. And, yeah,
1: yeah, were you interested in that stuff before you? Like did you like you said you were smart enough to mm-hmm. have a range of different roles there. What, uh, what about being an ASO um, interested you to go down that path?
2: Well, because DFR said to me it's secret and you'll need top secret clearance mm-hmm. and we can't really tell you about it. I was like, well, I want to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I get a you like, I don't think you're going to be very good at that, Amani. You're like, fucking watch me. Yeah. I'll
2: be the best.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so when was it – you know, obviously, we can't talk about a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. but when you when you got in there and you got your clear- clearances, which take quite a while, as you know, as most of our audience will know, um, when you got to peep behind the curtain, was you know, was it kind of did you start to feel kind of holy shit? I'm you know, I'm starting to see some of the capabilities that we bring to bear. It, it started to feel that sort of reinforce that decision for you where you went, yeah, this is this is where I'm meant to be. This is
1: the cool shit. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah, that's yes. cool. Yeah, awesome, mate.
1: Did you um, – we're asking Ryan sort of the same thing. We, do you get attached to a squadron or do you just sit at one level above there and you provide that more broad um, support to a number of different flying squadrons?
2: So I was attached to a unit and tasking would determine uh, the product that we would supply. Right. Okay.
1: So you were helping out the Hornets when they were there. Do you help out the Wedgetail as well? Yes. A- anything and everything. Like yes. whatever the task needs really. Yep, absolutely. And you do that from – from Willytown? Yes. Or you deploy with them?
2: Yeah, so if you can picture a dark room. That was too many yeses room. then. <laughs> there were. <laughs> yes, yes and yes. Picture <laughs> a dark room with lots of screens and all different types of feeds coming in, radar feeds, um, near real time, data exchange. That's the truckie and you and the yeah. JTAC and me coming yeah, out. One surprised. says no, one says yes. I just went <laughs> transport. I was like, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got a Refinex.
0: You're like, yeah,
1: you, nah, you, you've got a Speedo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so all those feeds are consolidated and then we are able to track and detect to classify, um, you know, anything that's coming on the screen yeah, and then push that picture to the client.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, what's it like being in a room and for how many hours were we in there for? Oh, Because that, that would have been something to get used to.
2: Yes, absolutely. And de- dependent on the operation, the exercise or the mission, if it's a surveillance mission, so maybe just um, tracking the wedge tail, it could be quite low, low drag if it's a big exercise where we're integrated with Army, Navy, yep. Air Force. There's a lot of controllers on the radio, JTAX, all that kind of thing. It's intense. And you might be sitting on console for, say, three hours, but that whole three hours is very exhausting because you're also monitoring chat windows. So, um, yeah, like a chat page. Mm-hmm you're also listening on the radio and then you're also watching the screen a lot yeah.
0: of data inf- input feeds into into Absolutely. you, all of them being extremely relevant like extremely important mm-hmm. by the way because they all hold those critical pieces of information that you need to be able to sort of identify and pass on to the relevant mm-hmm. you know to the relevant player that needs to, them to make those decisions exactly. a bit like us
1: when we do our coaching sessions and we'll, we'll branch into that in a second because you saw you saw me in my ASO mode when I, when we did our <laughs> coaching session I literally said to Tammy last night when I walked downstairs at 6.30 she goes how, how long are you going to be babe I'm like I'll be back in two hours. She goes. Oh, that that's you know that's a long time. Like it goes fast for me. It does. I'm it oh, sure it goes fast for you though as well. Like you're in there for three hours, but because you're just so mentally engaged, mm-hmm. and you just like it's good that they rotate you through reasonably quickly, because I think you'd you'd feel, you'd feel fall off the perch quite quickly. Like I'm glad our sessions only go for two yeah. hours. Yeah. Even though I feel like they could go for longer, they they're pretty mentally draining though.
0: Yeah, and you know as as you would have experienced with the three hour session without with the coaching, you know we you give everything right it's not you know we we never show up half assed to any of our coaching sessions or you know any because we've you know we've got a product we've got you know the clients need that from us to be able to get what they need out of it they need to have that clarity they need to have that plan and that strategy and so for us we're putting everything into it so you know for two hours you are absolutely burning the engines and dumping the fuel mm. and I'm, I'm assuming that it's same when you're sitting there for three hours with all of those data input feeds and that requirement to do analysis while you're flowing
2: absolutely and your essay situational awareness yeah. needs to be at an all-time high you cannot miss anything yeah, of yeah
1: course. good 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 um what was it like living in newey
2: oh i loved it yeah
1: good i don't think i've ever heard anyone say anything other than that it's a great <laughs> spot to live yeah perfect spot. i never lived there but i went there heaps and heaps of times of course that did was good
0: hang out on the beach like what yeah. talk talk to us about
2: some something yeah. yeah what of was you your, what sell your sell lifestyle sell like so i loved going running uh, of course. And it's a very hilly area. <laughs> it is. So when I initially moved to Newcastle, I was living in town, close to the beach, beautiful like hill runs, great coffee shops, restaurants, that kind of thing. You're not even far from the wineries. Like it's yep. just, it's an awesome spot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And if anyone wants to get posted there, put your hand up, I reckon.
1: <laughs> um, then what about, um, you said you were single when you first got there. How, yes. was, uh, how was dating life in Newcastle when oh, you sorry. first got there?
2: single according to the air force so oh, right, i had right. a rookie's romance okay
1: right. and
2: <laughs> we we tried Sweet. to continue that but he was in a different job and we were posted to different locations also really young and it just it just fizzled out
0: yeah yeah but that that often happens Sorry, mate. That, that often happens when you you know you're in those compressed environments mm-hmm. there's you know there's a lot of of sort of compressed emotions yeah. in that space as well and so relationships can often form out of those sort of you know going through those hardships together mm-hmm. and those learnings it really is that ab initio training that ab initio space where everything is compressed like you we were talking about before you can really develop a quick quick burn kind of relationship yeah. there that that and unfortunately you know like it often goes their own way when they go when the individuals go their own way with defense which you always do
2: yes yes but clearly
1: you didn't stay single no and no. tell us that story the story, how does yeah, that the, that, story. the, 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 the story. Ryan story, the Enter Lewis story, Ryan Lewis, yes. aka
2: the lumberjack. Right,
0: then. <laughs> we want the real version, not yeah. not his version. Yeah, which was he came in, he had a you know had a flannelet jacket on, a long beard, axe over his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he's like, oh
1: yeah, I was doing a bit of CrossFit. You know what I said to him? I'm like, how do you know someone's doing CrossFit? They're walking around telling everyone.
2: <laughs> They'll tell you. How, so tell how, how did
1: you get into CrossFit then? Because that's where you guys met, right? Yes.
2: So I'd finished my initial employment training in Newcastle, secured that posting to, to Willytown, Newcastle, and got to my posted unit and realised I have no friends. I'm in a new place. I knew people from work, but I really wanted to also have a social life separate to work. Yep. What, what do I do? Oh, mm. I'll, I'll join a gym. And I heard all these people talking about CrossFit and I had no idea what it was. One of the MSIs actually was talking about it. So I went course to Of course he b- was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a female actually. Of oh, 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 course, course she was. <laughs> or, yeah. And I went down to the base gym and asked the PTIs, so the physical training instructors, hey guys, have you heard of CrossFit? Like, of course we've heard of CrossFit. I said, all right, well, can you recommend a gym that I go to? And they did. So I started.
1: There's a sliding doors moment. Yeah. Imagine if they had a recommended a different gym.
2: Right? You'd be
0: here with Brian instead of Ryan. Oh, right. (laughs) Rhino.
2: (laughs) So I went along and I thought, yeah, this looks pretty fun. And I noticed, yeah, I did notice Ryan, I must admit. And he was wearing, you know. A a leotard,
0: wasn't he? No. (laughs) He was wearing
2: a flannelette. Yeah. But he used to ride a scooter. Did he mention that? No. He he rode a scooter. Excellent. He also took CrossFit to the extreme and trained with no shoes. Right.
1: And no shirt. Of course. Yeah, that's a crossfit, right? You yeah. have to. Right. Sh- yeah. Shirts have to be. Not even those bloody flash vibram things where you no. put your toes in an in- individual compartment. Like, no. No, no, no. This is Full like beard,
0: know,
2: right. no shoes. Just
1: right.
0: throwing, throwing
2: tin. Yeah, it's pretty much. Town
1: planner kicking ass in Newcastle and then in walks you.
2: Exactly. And then fast forward, I don't know, an amount of time and um, that romance, that rookie's romance had fizzled yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And I was speaking to some of the girls at CrossFit, and I think one of them asked, you know, How, how's your boyfriend or something along those lines? And I said, oh, we, we split up. Lewis, as I call Ryan, was within earshot. Yeah. He's like, later that night. He's like,
1: did I just fucking hear that s- right? <laughs> <laughs> this is he, he, We're getting way more tea now than what he feeling. I hope you first did. No, 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 no. it
2: <laughs> So later that night.
1: Ding. Oh, friend slits. request! Hey, <laughs> bang!
2: Friend request from righty, sneaky, sneaky,
1: mate. Hey, just gym buddies. <laughs> Seen you at the gym. Just good Just technique, yeah, good form. yeah, yeah.
2: And you know what? I think I do recall him saying, "Oh, if you'd like some help with your technique or your lifting," I was like, "Mate, Amazing. you need help with your <laughs> lifting.
0: <laughs> I can show you around."
1: <laughs> I love it. He can see through the glass right now. He's watching us laughing, and he has no idea no that we're idea. laughing about him. No idea. When you're listening back to this, Ryan, if you think we're laughing about you,
3: <laughs> we
0: are. We are.
1: <laughs> <correct>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's. I mean, this. Dozens and dozens of examples, mate, that you and I have heard over the years of people that share a common interest Mm -hmm. and you're there hanging out together and you just happen to get on well. Like, what was it like when you sort of first started falling for each other? Tell us that.
2: Well, it was just very natural. Yeah. Yeah, Because, you know, we had that shared um, enjoyment of doing exercise. I'm trying not to say the word CrossFit. Of going to the gym and looking after ourselves. It was just very, very natural. And Mm -hmm. it felt like we'd known each other for a long time. As cliched as that sounds, it was just easy
0: yeah, cool. yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. Um, and then he actually said, if you recall, that you, ins- you re-inspired him to maybe join the military. So tell us about what's your um, re- recollection of, of events as far as that goes. Because he's like, he was like, oh, town planner's not really doing it for me anymore. Been doing it for quite a while. Seeing this chick in the, in the Air Force now. I can see the camaraderie, see the happiness, like yes. all that stuff.
2: So I would I would come home. We weren't living together then, but we spent a lot of time together. And I would talk about my day at work. And how I did a two-hour gym session, went for coffee with my Lost mate. Whilst being paid. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, I've just signed up to play women's rugby or play basketball and I'm going to go away for two weeks and get paid to do that. Yeah, of Not course. take leave. Mm. So the cogs were starting to, to turn over there. And then that's when he shared with me, well, like last, last week's episode, he yeah. shared, he tried to join the Navy. Yeah. And I said to him, well, why don't you try again? Mm. Why don't you try to do the ADF again? Mm. Why not?
1: Yeah. I love it that, like... Talk about sliding doors moment, you enabled him to go back and fulfill his dream of joining the Air mm. Force again, just based on his observation of you. But then, you, you know, we both asked him was um, how was and like supporting? He goes, without her, I don't think I would have been able to join. Like you provided a really beautiful platform mm. of safety and security and, and curiosity and inspiration for him to be going to hey, join the military. Like you should feel amazing about that.
2: I do, thank you.
0: We also discussed, you know, around giving him the real insight into what, what it would be like on the other side as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. we identified how much of a an you know, amazing asset that is for somebody who's, you know, who's gone through that journey that he went through to get into defence. But then also, you know, when that doesn't necessarily happen in the first instance and he, you know, and chose to go back around, mm-hmm. he, as a mature age individual, which is quite a different journey as well, um, you know, but to have that resource to be able, through your network that you create, for him in that support space, you know, for him to be able to get a real life understanding of what it was going to be like on the other side. So not necessarily just looking at the Kellogg's box, but actually getting to, you know, look inside and see what that's about.
1: How did it make you feel when he said like he's been accepted and he's going to OTS and he got through OTS, like just give us a bit of an insight of how you were managing your emotions along that journey.
2: I was so excited for him because I knew how crushed he was when he was a teenager and he got knocked back. So I was so excited for him. Um, I was a bit anxious because I hadn't been in that ex- um, in those shoes before. I'd always been the member, the serving yep. member, yep. the one that goes away, the one that gets the tap on the shoulder and says, you know, in 48 hours, off you go. I'm You're like, being cool. vol- voluntold yeah. to yeah, do things. <laughs> yeah, like I was living that exciting life, yep. if I can put it that way. I wasn't the one being left behind. So I got to experience what it's like to be the person that gets left behind.
1: Do you think you joined like the int Fraternity based on your what you were doing.
2: I'd like to tell myself that. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: I, I haven't asked him, but like it's it's, it's a gen, genuine inquiry. Like I reckon he would have gone there and like, mm. all right, if I'm going to do something, I want to do something cool and like something secretive and just something high level. Like Amana gets to have that spark in her. Like I'm sure mm-hmm. the what he what he got to um, observe from you, he would have been trying to emulate himself, which he did.
2: I think so, definitely, and then also. You know we've talked about he joined in his 30s that was definitely a consideration as well like would he do something that was more physically taxing that might yep. not be the, the right fit um so i think him seeing my um like my experience experiences from work would have definitely played a role in that decision making process now
0: it was around this time as well that something else exciting was happening in your life isn't there can you tell us about that
2: do you mean i was pregnant yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, we spent a lot of time together. I'm like, I know how much time you spent together.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> how did that come of, like, we didn't ask him this, like um, when you for sort of first found out that you were pregnant, like, yeah. hey, babe, guess what? We're having a child. <laughs> or, what, or however you said it. Tell.
2: So um, I went down for Ryan's OTS graduation in East Sale mm-hmm. and went down for a weekend about a month later. Felt like I was hungover. Day after day right. after day. And I thought, nah, nah, I couldn't be pregnant. I bought one pregnancy test.
1: That's all it takes.
2: Yep. And it was a digital <laughs> one, so it was either going to say the words pregnant or, or not, not pregnant. pregnant.
1: yeah. I watched the show last night. It talks about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Took the test and just sat it on the bathroom vanity and just thought, that's, that's going to say not pregnant. And the dogs were home with me, Wally and Theo. Shout out to my boys. Yo. <laughs> Went back into the bathroom like, I don't know, five minutes later and just glanced over at it. And I remember going, oh, holy shit. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and the dogs rushed in thinking something's wrong. So I FaceTimed Ryan and this was a Friday afternoon and he'd already gone to start his basic training. FaceTimed Ryan and he's like, hey, babe, I'm just at the base gym, just doing a sesh. What's, what's up? You were up. <laughs> and I said to him, do you want to go outside for a moment? So he goes outside and I said to him, I'm pregnant. And he goes, no way. Do another test.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't say, who to? <laughs> <laughs> do
2: you know what people like to comment? that So our firstborn's Moana, our daughter, that she has very- Shout out
1: to you, Mo as well. Shout out to you, girl. She loves listening yeah.
2: So that she has very long legs. And so Ryan and I like to make a joke, oh, her dad must have been tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> make no comments.
1: Um, and then, yeah, obviously your guy, he came back from doing his sort of um, int core training and stuff like that and then, boom, you guys are living together in, in Yui. That would have sort of accelerated things a little bit for you both.
2: It did, it did. So we were already in a service residence because I was a serving member. Yep. Um, so in terms of being adequately housed – to. You know, welcome a child. We weren't stressed about that at all. Yeah, good. Yeah, awesome. Mm, Good.
0: That's a great place to be to to know that 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 kind of it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? If you Mm -hmm. can start providing those base level of needs, it takes a huge amount of stress off to be able to focus on those other points. It really something else
1: really exciting started to come into your life about that time too.
2: Oh yes, it did. <laughs> I think you're talking about the scam Ryan brought home. <laughs> yes,
1: oh, yes, exactly what I'm talking about. Tell us about that.
2: Because so, then
1: he would be like, hey babe, I've got some news to share with you.
2: Yes. So I was on maternity leave with baby Moana and previous to that we'd been speaking a lot about buying a home. But what's, what's the right place to, you know, where's the right place to buy? When's the right time? There's a lot of conversation in the ADF, like water cooler, you know, lunch lunchroom chat. There's always someone like Joe Blow that thinks he knows everything and tells everyone, do this, do that. Oh, this. Disinformation, disinformation. Yeah. Rumour,
1: innuendo, yeah. you know. Oh, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Ryan comes home and he says to me, I found this company that help ADF members utilise all their entitlements because I was aware that I had... H-Pass and Doe House up my sleeve. We had the first homeowner's grant, all those grants. We were aware of them, but we didn't understand how to use them and we were scared to make the wrong decision, so we did nothing. Yep.
1: Yeah, very common story. Very
3: Mm
2: -hmm. common. I deployed in 2016 and together we'd also put some savings together. So we, we felt like we were ready, but we just didn't know what to do. So anyway, Ryan comes home and says, I found this business and it was Axon. And I said to him, it's a scam no way
1: i've been called worse but not, and better as well
2: so he says to me look just let's do this connection i think it was the connection call we'll do the first call it's free let's just put the feelers out go with our gut and so we did that and we got off that call and i was the one like oh my god yes let's do it
1: <laughs> i was gonna say because my recollection of that we need to call it, um discovery session back then or whatever it was a disco you were very engaging on that call. Like you were very inquisitive. very. Maybe that was you just sussing mm-hmm. sussing me out, sussing us out sort of thing. Um, you must have watched the videos and everything beforehand as well though. Yes. Just to get an understanding of the mechanics of who we are and then obviously the dynamics of the call comes from there. So that's good. that. Um, I love it how people are really cautious before they reach out to mm-hmm. me because you need to be – like there are – there's a lot of dodgy operators out there in many different in industries, yeah. you know, like if we've all had conversations and, and been made promises and had, you know, made mistakes mm-hmm. about people trying to sell us stuff we don't need for the wrong purpose and, and the wrong time. So I like it when people are really protective. So, but every now and then you get like everyone needs assistance doing it at some stage or you run the gauntlet and try and do it, do it by yourself yeah. and then you might as well sit around the water cooler and listen to O oh, bloody jaw off.
2: Exactly right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So what did you guys end up doing?
2: So... We we said yes, obviously, to Axon. And you you briefed us on what was going to happen. And there was a bit of a timeline there. So, you know, roughly this time, property specialists will reach out and give you a brief and we'll find the right block of land and the right builder.
1: But so, the overall intent, just so everyone's aware, that we yes. were going to pull the trigger on your ADF housing entitlements yeah. and buy a and
2: in the, all the surrounds anyway. Yes, yeah. and we were going to buy an owner-occupier property. Yeah,
1: great. Yes. Yeah. That would have been good, like, if that's what you were – if you're thinking about it, if you knew that was the right move for your family mm-hmm. to sort of have that bit of stability and get out of the rental, you know, or the, the, um, the maricorder rut there, like, like how did it make you feel that you now found someone that you can now build rapport with and like build those tentacles of trust to know that they are going to provide services to you and they've got your best interests at heart?
2: Genuinely, we felt empowered. And I know that's yeah. our mission here at Axon is to empower the ADF community, but that is how we felt. We yeah. felt well, that's so good, we got empowered. that right then. Yeah, <laughs> Tick. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: haven't heard you say that, genuinely. Yeah, that, yeah. Was a, that was a genuine comment, I haven't heard you say that. So none of this is scripted, by the way. But obviously, we know what's happened and we're now mm-hmm. chronologically going through what your life was, why'd you join the military, what your basic training was like, etc. And, you know, and happened, we just, we ran into each other, um, which yeah. is pretty good.
0: So I know the answer to this already, but mm-hmm. what was the outcome like for both of you? Like going through, because for us, you know, particularly the coaches, you know, up the front, and, and for the rest of the business, for that matter, the experience is as important as the end product. And so you've kind of given us a summary of, you know, the experience that you went through being empowered. What was the end product like for you guys? It was
2: amazing. The process itself yep. was smooth and stress-free. Yeah. Really, and like honest, it was just the build support team would let us know, hey, you got a slab, please sign this claim. We did that. and Here's, then, some,
1: here's some photos.
2: Exactly yep. right um every so often we would go out for a drive, drive because we were living around about 20 minutes from where we were building we'd go out and then we had a home
1: ryan was saying that when when you couldn't get mowed down you're like home oh babe let's go hop go in go the out. car let's
2: go
0: for a drive yeah. <laughs> that's funny rt like I, as a client i had a similar experience there must be some kind of system or process in place to make it smooth and, tra- and, and easy can and you, you know. let me know when you find it <laughs> <laughs>
1: 400 builds later i think we've got it covered <laughs> give or take
0: anyway <laughs> So that so you guys so you're in your own home you know work sort of is what it is and then yes. it's ticking along yes. you've deployed so you've got yourself in a good position talk to us about now how you know like you're obviously not still in the military and mm-hmm. neither is Ryan quite clearly but how talk to us about that transition and how that sort of started like what were the initial conversations around you know was it was it you know kind of I've got everything I can get out of the military in, not in a selfish way but mm. I mean you know, at some point in time the 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 relationship changes. Just take us through that little journey.
1: The old T word, the transition. Yeah, We've all been through yeah. it in our own very unique circumstances. To so I'd love to, for you to be able to share yours with everyone else.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll rewind a little bit. I was working at a training school. So I was a initial employment training instructor for other ASOPs. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and great. that was very fulfilling. That's I, awesome. I felt like I was able to empower and train the next generation of asops i was able to apply lessons learned from when i was a trainee what i didn't like and affect change and really foster and coach young trainees coming through so that was a really big tick for me i really wanted to do that that's almost
1: like you don't know until you know like i know you've instructed on various courses throughout the time and i did my time at kapuka and duntroon as well like Mm -hmm. Passing on information based on your experiences to other people and seeing them grow and prosper and, and mm-hmm. benefit from it is phenomenal.
2: Yeah. It's a real privilege and an honour. It really is. And that it might is. sound corny and no, cheesy, no, no, but it just is Amazing, but it's
1: the ultimate test also about what you know about a particular subject because yep. then you need to be, be able to pass it on to someone and get them to understand it. Yeah, because it's just it's go so much deeper, don't you? One hundred
0: percent. It's not just about it's not just about sort of understanding it. It's about being able to communicate it in a way that can be understood as mm-hmm. well as knowing that subject deeply and professionally yourself. Yeah. yeah. So you're
1: you're flying along, you know. You're you're now. Um, I'm sure they don't just choose anyone to go and be an instructor. So you're kicking ass in your in your particular trade and mm-hmm. trade and firm, but. but The T T word still came your way.
2: Exactly, yeah. So I was an instructor and I was fulfilled and I'd done that, so I ticked that box. Then I fell pregnant with Moana. And while I was pregnant, I thought, this won't change anything. I'm still going to be on the same trajectory for my career. Um, I'd like to do something different now that I've done the instructor gig. What next? We talked about going to Canberra in the next posting cycle. Moana came along and it's very hard to explain, but everything just kind of shifted for me. Yep. My perception, just how I felt, my priorities shifted, yep. yes. Ryan was now a serving member. And although we knew that two serving members, there might sometimes be some conflictions with who's, whose career is more important. Yep. What we found very difficult was COVID came, came around We didn't have any family in the area. Uh, Ryan was away for nine months in total of 2021. I was pregnant with Keanu, our son, and I was sick throughout that whole pregnancy. That's a heavy workload, mate. Heavy. That's huge. Yeah. So a lot of work from home. Um, Not enough support, and that's not a a dig at anyone, but we just you know, we couldn't even have someone come over to the house because of the COVID restrictions. And it really started conversations between Ryan and and myself of, are we living in the way that really fulfills us? What we're sacrificing through our service in the ADF, is it worth what we're getting out? And I don't mean that in a selfish sense, but we really had to sit down and say to each other, is this worth it? Yeah. And are we, are we making the choices that make the outcomes that we want? And the answer was no. So something yep. needed to change.
1: Don't kids change everything?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And So I can relate really closely and I'm sure you know, a lot of our listeners can relate, particularly obviously the ones that have transitioned out. There becomes that point where you're like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like yes, I, you know, and it's not because the defence force has changed. Mm-hmm. It's not because they're giving you any less. It's that your priorities in life change, and therefore you're not a fit anymore. And it's about, you know, everybody at some point doesn't become a fit for the Defence Force. It's just the way that life is, right? Yeah. So, what was the decision point for you guys where it was like, okay, we've had this discussion and we're starting to see that perhaps this is not for us? Mm-hmm. What to now? Where to now? I know the answer to that, by the yes. way.
1: And, and just quickly, me too, because I'm like, how many coaching sessions did we have? Like, I felt like, and it wasn't a drain, by the way. I was mm-hmm. more than happy to jump on a call at any time, like, let's update the plan. Like, I think we're moving to Canberra. Or, I think we want to buy another property or let's put an EOI in. Oh, shit, now I'm pregnant again. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, living and breathing as your coach and strategist, what your life evolutions were. And, we you know, we created like version 15 or version 16 of your plan or something.
2: Yeah, didn't we just? So for yeah. a timeline of events for those playing at home, <laughs> we had Moana in February of 2020. I returned back to work and then Keanu was born in, oh, wow, January of 2022. And between that time, there was 12 months of maternity leave with Moana. Yeah. So I returned to work in... Sorry, we had Keanu in 2022 and that's when we started these discussions of, you know, are we on the right trajectory to where we want to be? Um, The answer was ultimately no. No for me. I felt like I had given everything that I could to the ADF whilst um, still getting something in return. Of
1: course. Every relationship's got to have some give or take.
2: Exactly right. And... At that stage, though, Ryan had just had recently signed up to the ADF. So I said, all right, we'll, we'll do one more posting cycle that would see out Ryan's employment agreement. and Just Rosso. Yes. Yep. And then we could both leave at the same time. And that was the first, maybe the first version that we said to you, hey, Robbie, this is our plan now. Yeah. And then there were more discussions. Fast forward to May last year. And that's when we both decided, do you know what? The best decision for us is to leave, is to transition out.
1: Ryan said something the other day that um, when you got off one of those various coaching sessions with me, you, you you guys hopped off the call and you looked at him and said, what? I can't remember. I think I'm going to go work with Axel. If I get to – yeah, <gasps> oh, talked about that.
2: Yes. So I just said that – Actually, after our home was built.
1: Does that not gem- Does that not demonstrate that <laughs> this is not scripted?
0: <laughs> I know. <we're laughs>
2: it's like I've said a lot of things to Ryan yeah. after a coaching call.
0: <laughs> hey, man, I've just got to jump out, mate. I've got a uh, client waiting for me, someone else that we're looking forward to helping, mate. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I absolutely loved it. I'm really looking forward to hearing the end of this session. Thanks, right, Luke. Off you go, Luke. Bye.
1: That's a demonstration of him. He's like, I've got a call. I cannot miss this. Anyway, you and I, I don't have Love any calls. It. So you and I can just, just keep drawing off. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Um, so yeah, we jumped off one of, our, one of our coaching sessions. And I think you just said that thing out of it. Like you put it out there, quite frankly, didn't you?
2: I did. I did. So I manifested it, I like to tell myself. And honestly, I think I first said it in 2020 during the construction of our house. So that... In retrospect that says to me that I was already thinking of my transition right subconsciously yeah. mm. and I said to Ryan wow axon looks like a really cool place to work but I doubted myself because I had no industry experience yeah
1: and actually I, th- I think um, not I think as the as we started to progress your plans I dropped a little cheeky I'm like well if you're gonna get out because I think you guys are like thinking about moving to Southeast Queensland yes. Ryan's parents are up here young family needs the support mm-hmm. come back you know to somewhere familiar. And I sort of said, look, I stepped way outside of my lane and I got smacked on the fingers hard for it from Tamara. And I'm like, what do we think about, well, if, you're going to, if you're going to move up here, then we should talk about maybe coming to, coming to work with Axel. It was like a little semi-job offer, sort of like, I'll just slide that in there. And, um, mm-hmm. and then when I mentioned to Tamara that, that evening, she's like, I'm the fucking general manager and what are you offering <laughs> people jobs for? And I was like, I know I'm doing the right thing. I'm so sorry, but I've done it anyway. <laughs> And then obviously like the following months sort of, you know, yeah. in and out and we did some planning of this and, you know, we didn't know what Axel was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few people here that were coming off the back of COVID that didn't want to come to the office anymore. So then they left and I don't know. I just, I had it in my, in my gut that when I got a sense from you that you were thinking about coming up here and I went, mm. she's got to come and work here in Axel. Like I know I can give her a way, a way better life. Oh. And you know what? It fucking happened.
2: Yes. And I'm so grateful. You really have. And I'm, honestly honoured to be wearing this shirt i remember saying to ryan like words just couldn't describe i was so happy because naturally i was scared about what was next when i transitioned out of out of yeah when you stop Mm
1: -hmm. putting a heartbeat and getting a uniform and having a paycheck arrive every second thursday like the real world out there doesn't operate like that
2: exactly right you
1: get to wear a uniform now and i don't check your heartbeat and you still get paid (laughs) (laughs) But this is not a normal workplace
2: no <laughs> no so it just it alleviated that and you've used this term before it was a soft landing yeah. it has been a soft landing yeah so now ryan
1: much. i obviously kept communicating on the back channel there just to sort of see how your lives were evolving and whatever else and you know and, and i'd like to think that we became friends and, and genuine mates through the coaching process and obviously now you've started with this i remember ryan saying to me once he's like i don't know i don't know what you're doing there rt but i've never seen a mana so happy it's changed our dynamic. It's changed our marriage. It's changed the way we communicate with each other. He's like, yeah, he, he was just, it was so wonderful to hear on my end that me living my normal life here and allow you to come and join us has totally transformed the way that you guys are operating as a married couple. To give us a bit of an insight into how that was happening on your end as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what it is? I guess in, in my last role, I'd lost that spark i wasn't feeling that fulfillment and that wasn't just in the role it was just in in everything so we changed we changed our lives and we moved up here and like you said ryan noticed it in myself and i felt it in myself too i felt more confident i really felt like i was contributing to you know a thing bigger than myself Mm. the challenge of learning a new role and i'm still learning the new role it's just bled into everything in a really positive light.
1: I love that. What do you love most about being here now then? Like what's what part of your role or part of your contribution and support? And uh, we've probably got 10 members that we're building houses with now that are good friends of yours. Yeah. So that's obviously exciting for you as well. But yeah, what do, you, what do you love most about being here?
2: There's a few things. It's hard to split it. Right. Um, I Quick re- question without warning. I really love how happy and excited clients, clients get with all the updates. And I know because I know that feeling. It is exciting. Do you
1: feel like you can really relate to them? And like yes. when you're on the call, do you let them know like, hey, back in the 21, 22 period, I sat in your shoes and Ryan and I built a house? Yeah. Do you say that to yeah, them all the absolutely. time? And do you, do you um, get to see their, see their reaction? Yes. Like do they just sit back in the chair and went, all right, this chick's got my back. Exactly. They, they Even know. Even if they don't say it, if you should be able to observe it.
2: Yeah. Body language definitely changes and they're a bit more relaxed. Yeah. Good. All I right. What else? I love I love the banter in the office and the dynamic that is like a dysfunctional family <laughs> <laughs> in a really good way. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. You've got to have thick skin to work here. Yes. But we we all care about each other a yeah, lot. Yeah,
2: I love good. that. And I hope you don't mind me sharing. On our Friday meetings where we each share something we are proud of, grateful for, yep. and then we provide a shout out to shout another out. team member. That yeah. is just amazing mm. and incredible it's
1: really insightful so mm-hmm. as the owner of the firm i get to see what everyone else is proud grateful and shout out for and it's just good to see the banner and there's tears sometimes isn't there yeah
2: there are
1: sometimes there's they've never oh you bought me to tears once <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> when i announced to the team that ryan was going to come and join us and yeah. no no not only are we, we know we've been helping hundreds and hundreds of people um from the services we provide mm-hmm. but now for it for a clients that I met back in the day and a journey that we all went on together and the success that I've seen you have and the transition that you're able to have I'm like now Ryan's going to be able to come and join us as well so now you know you guys are now here and you're the fourth married couple that work in the business Ryan and Amanda Lewis what an amazing story
3: yeah thank you
1: yeah thanks for joining Axon's Unleashed mate like ladies and gents I hope you got something out of that this woman is an absolute superstar if you haven't had a chance to talk to her so far just reach out to her and she's like more than happy to have a chat about anything but you know we've got a female now that's just gone through basic training a female that's now been able to successfully transition. A female that's now, as a veteran, now working in Axon. So, yeah, how good. Thanks very much for being on Axon's Unleashed, Amana. I absolutely so loved it. All right, see you next time. Woo!
2: Bye.